The first half of the legislative session is going into overtime as Governor McMaster is calling the General Assembly back to debate, amongst other things, the fetal heartbeat bill inside the South Carolina House of Representatives. The Senate passes a ban on critical race theory in all South Carolina public schools. The LGBTQ plus minus division sign push continues across cartoons and children's programming. And Oprah Winfrey and and Charlize Theron want you to know, shut up. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. We'll get to the national and the international news in just a moment. First, want to get you up to date on what's going on inside the state of South Carolina. Welcome in to the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Justin Hall here with you solo on a Friday. It is Friday, May the 12th, 11.05 a.m. in the year of our Lord, 2023, and we're so glad you're joining us on the program today. Two things from the State House that we need to cover really quickly. The first is that the South Carolina General Assembly will be returning on Tuesday, May 16th, to start at noon in a special called session by executive order by the governor of this state, Governor McMaster, to address a plethora of issues. The main one of which that we're concerned with and watching closely is the debate over the heartbeat bill that has moved out of the South Carolina Senate, S-474. If you've been a part of our email newsletter list or on our app with our push notifications, you've gotten updates on this legislation. It has made its way through the subcommittee and committee process. It is now on the floor for debate. Cloture has been invoked that no more amendments can be brought. But on Tuesday, May 16th at noon, we will begin the debate with 1,000 plus amendments offered by the minority party, the Democratic Party. And we will see if the House of Representatives can get to a conclusion, get the bill passed, Get it back to the Senate for approval. The bill will have amendments. Will the Senate approve those amendments? It appears to be that the governor, the Senate, and the House are all under the understanding that something needs to get done before they go home for the summer. We'll see what that is. We'll keep track of it. If you want to join us at the State House on Tuesday, May 16th, you can do that. It's free to walk in. You you don't need any special permission to be there. You can be there Tuesday, May 16th at noon. We'll be happy to see you there, and if you can't make it, as always, we encourage you to stay plugged in with us on our email newsletter, on our app, on our social media, and of course, make sure you're praying along with us as we watch this vital piece of legislation make its way through the process, specifically in the House of Representatives on Tuesday, May 16th at noon, where they will begin debate on the bill and debating amendments through much of the day on Tuesday and perhaps Well into Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. The South Carolina Senate has passed the House bill that bans the teaching of critical race theory in the state of South Carolina's public schools, K-12. No longer will be able to teach the tenets of critical race theory. There are penalties imposed on teachers who do and on administrators who obviously allow this to happen. This is House Bill 3728, the... Transparency and Integrity in Education Act, the state newspaper says it's the so-called Transparency and Integrity in Education Act. Um, No so-called about it. That's the name of the bill. And so it has passed. It passed in the Senate at 11.09 p.m. on Wednesday evening. 
And so that bill passed by a vote of, I believe, a 27 to 10. Pretty much a party-line vote there. And so that bill, again, bans the teaching of critical race theory concepts within public schools in South Carolina. Several minority uh, senators from the minority party uh, claim that this is a, a solution looking for a problem. I've had several folks on social media tell me that it's not being taught in South Carolina. Listen, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. The first four episodes of this show in August of 2021, nearly two years ago, dealt with critical race theory, what it is, how to how to identify it, what, what does the Bible say about this kind of issue, and then what can folks do about it. And since then, we've tracked legislation as, as the General Assembly has tried to put an end to this, being taught in schools. I mean, goodness gracious, the teacher of the year last year in South Carolina is a proponent of critical race theory. So it gets it gets banned, and the argument, of course, is that, well, it's not being taught in schools, so we don't need to ban it. Uh, I go with a different argument. If it's not being taught, then you won't mind me banning it. Because the argument here is it's not being taught, so there's no need to ban it, but also you can't ban it because it's a good thing that it's being taught, but it's not being taught. It's not. See the circular reasoning here? But don't worry, in South Carolina, you can no longer teach critical race theory to your kids in public schools, and it gives parents just a bit more say-so in the education of their students when they send their kids to public school. So kudos to the Senate and the House for getting this done and moving it closer and closer to the governor's desk for his signature to be signed into law. And again, the General Assembly will be back on Tuesday, May 16th at noon to handle this issue of abortion, along with several other issues that are going on that they that the governor feels like the General Assembly needs to tackle. Well, what are we going to get to next? Let's see here. How about this? This from America First Legal. They've released documents obtained from a Freedom of Information request to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Homeland Security is dealing with a lot right now, right? Title 42 has been ended and... Things aren't looking so good down on the southern border. But this reveals a shocking document, an internal memo dated January 29th, 2021, just eight days after Joe Biden takes the oath of office and waddles his way into the White House, sits down in the recliner, watches Matt Locke, and takes a nap. It's, it's a choose-your-own-adventure game-like memo for individuals to make real-life decisions based on radicalization scenarios with various fictitious characters. Here you go. We This is the document. We propose five story branches, each with three video scenes that advance the story for a total of 15 film scenes. Bystanders are presented with three difficult choices that approximate real-life decisions at the end of each scene. At the end of each branch, after viewers have made three choices impacting the potential radicalization of others, a DHS employee reviews the path they have chosen and highlights key learnings in an interview that expands on how radicalization and potential violence may occur in the scenarios. One example, branch number four, a middle-aged pro-life advocate. That's right. Rioters in the streets burning police cars? No. People overrunning the Capitol in Tennessee? No. But it's but but not good if you overrun the Capitol in Washington. Nah. It it we are going to look at the pro-life advocate. And 
is a suspected radicalization suspect. Mid-40s, woman. Who are you to say? This is Anne, a resident of Elkville in rural America. Conservatives. Anne's always been religious, but since the death of her mother, she's become increasingly devout. How dare she? How dare she become increasingly devout in her Christianity? Ugh. She's a regular in the small town community, active in several church groups. Idiot. While she's always been pro- protective of her four kids, she's become increasingly more concerned about the welfare of other children, including the unborn. Poser. This is a radicalization suspect? A middle-aged white woman in rural America who just lost her mom and is becoming more devout as a Christian, and because she's more devout as a Christian, she's spending more time in small-town uh, community groups and active in her local church and in church activities, and she's got four kids, and she wants to protect them, and she, she also understands that if I want to protect my kids, I should want to protect other kids, including kids who are unborn. That's radicalization suspect material? Listen. I've had I've had about enough of this administration. It's 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 absurd. They put her in the same category as the old high school friend and budding conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh, Courtney in her mid thirties. She's divorced. She's got two kids. Her children are her world, but she's moved to a new city, made a new group of friends, joined volunteer groups for underprivileged youth, but she's come fixated. She's fixated on conspiracy theories about government connection to child abuse and trafficking. So QAnon. (laughs) Can we stop the terrorists that are coming across the southern border? Can the Department of Homeland Security handle the massive amounts of drugs that are pouring across the southern border? No, we're too focused on Anne from rural America, who's a pro-life advocate. Jeez, a mighty. You're the enemy, people. I'm telling you. We are the enemy. It is becoming ever, ever increasingly clear. Oprah Winfrey, to that point, gave a commencement address. You remember Oprah Winfrey, right? You remember her. From Tennessee State University's graduation, she uh, hit the trifecta. Oh, she hit the, the jackpot, the lottery here. Winfrey slammed the U.S. Supreme Court for being corrupted by a major- conservative majority <laughs> and accused Republicans of holding the debt ceiling hostage. <laughs> what college kid cares? I mean, really? What college kid, especially a graduate, someone who probably doesn't have a job tomorrow, is like, well, you know what I'm really concerned about? Republicans want to have cuts. Then she claimed the LGBT plus community is under attack. The Cold War is back, said Oprah Winfrey. She addressed police brutality, saying that this is the generation that is forced to depend on body cams for justice, and even then, accountability can be so hard to come by. She says that voting and women rights, women's rights are being gutted and dismantled. Show me where. Again, please, please. I need one example of a person who went to vote, who is registered to vote, and couldn't vote. Just want one. Or, or that women's rights are being taken away. How is that? Explain that to me. What, what rights are being taken away, considering we've had 
women. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, for goodness sakes, is telling us this. She's also saying that our country's leaders are behaving like children. Well, yeah, maybe the president does wear a diaper. Who knows? And that children are being gunned down by military-grade rifles. History is being rewritten. Rewritten. Yes, of course it's being rewritten by your own stinking political ideological group, Oprah. January 6th was the death of civility. But hey, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson did a great job doing the same thing that the people did on January 6th. But hey, dream big, be audacious thinkers, says Oprah. Give me a break. So, what what you have here is you have the Department of Homeland Security, so you have the federal administrative apparatus. Then you have a person who is a great influencer and has been for generation now. Um, remember, she did the interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And so she's very important because she's a big thinker and she's famous. So she's famous, so she knows what to say. She knows what's going on. Letting you know the problems that are happening in America. Then Charlize Theron threatens detractors of drag queens, saying, quote, I will blank anybody up who is, like, trying to blank with anything with you guys. Do you remember, do you remember when it was just what happens in my own bedroom is my own business? We are told we were prudes because we cared about what happened in other people's bedrooms. Remember that? Really quickly, we've devolved from... Except at tolerance, tolerance to acceptance to now, if you don't tolerate and accept me, you're an evil bigot and I deserve to punch you in the face. See how quickly that happened? I mean, it's 2023, uh, eight years. <laughs> I mean, for anyone who still argues against the slippery slope argument, I don't know what to tell you. I really, I really don't because I think the evidence is abundantly clear that, um, when it comes, if you are a if you are a Christian who holds to biblical values, if you're a conservative who holds to conservative values, ultimately you are hated by the liberal elites, the current administration, <laughs> and most of celebrity culture. Now, if you're like me, you don't really care. But this is just the way it is. This is the way the world's working right now. Not only that. It's not just being shown in uh, celebrity um, little speeches and moments on a hot mic. This is actually from a television show. And forgive me, I'll look up the show name in just a second because th- this is this is wild here. Let me look up the show name for you. It, children's programming is becoming a cesspool if you're not careful of just the most complete and utter nonsense you've ever seen in your life. The, this is from the kids show Transformers Earthspark. Transformers Earthspark. It is a children's show. And there's no question that it's a children's show once we show you what exactly is being done and, and how exactly this is made. Now, here is a clip. It's only about a minute long from the show. And I'll, I'll let you be the judge. You tell me. This okay for your kid to watch? My pronouns are they, them. Thanks. I'm Sam. I'm she, they, but you already know that. (laughs) 
Wow, what an amazing city. I'm sorry for how I reacted. It's just, sometimes the world can be a scary place. It's hard to know who is dangerous or not. Hmm, that's true, though disappointing. Hey, it's okay. I know I'm safe when I'm with my friends or other non-binary people. Non-binary? People who aren't female or male. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have assumed. I always knew my pronouns felt right, but... What a wonderful word for a wonderful experience. Do we see the issue with this? This show's obviously meant for older, younger children. I would imagine children from probably 6 to 10 are watching this. Maybe older. Again... Don't foresee me needing to tell my child about pronouns because, first of all, they're pointless. You can't own a part of speech. Like, you can't own a part of speech and then specifically change the part of speech to fit your own delusion. That's not, that's not how language has ever worked. And it will never be how language truly works even though we've given into the lie for the most part. Not only that, did you hear the little girl, the, the blue-haired girl who has a she-they something on her lunchbox? I only feel safe when I'm with my friends or other non-binary people. There's a key group that was left out of that. Did you hear that? I'm only safe with my friends or other non-binary people. You left out the parents there, chief. You know, the ones who are paying for the television on which the kids are watching the show. Again, just a full frontal assault on the family unit, full frontal assault on childhood. If we can change the kids, if we can get the kids brainwashed when they're young, they'll never question what we're talking about. They'll never question what we're doing. They'll never question this new ideology that makes absolutely no sense at all. And then we've got them, and we'll have them for all eternity. And that's really what matters. Ridiculous. One final thing for us today on a Friday as we wrap the show up. Many of you have watched our conversation with Vivek Ramaswamy during the Vision 24 forum that took place in North Charleston way back on March 18th. And you were there, or you, you watched the podcast. You watched the interview with him. Vivek is uh, running for president in the Republican primary. He's got a lot of ideas He's uh, forward-thinking. He can really hold a crowd. He announced a new initiative last night, or just a couple days ago, on civic duty voting. This is what he says. United, the United States is uh, facing a 25% recruitment deficit in the military. And just 16% of Gen Z say they're proud to be American. The absence of national pride is a serious threat to our republic's survival. At a time when young Americans are taught to celebrate their differences, civic duty voting, and in particular the service path, creates a sense of shared purpose and experience. So what is civic duty voting, and what is Mr. Ramaswamy suggesting here? Vivek is supporting a constitutional amendment to implement civic duty voting amongst Americans who are 18 to 25. In substance, the amendment will increase the standard voting age to 25. Currently, it's 18. He will expand the voting age 
to tw- or increase it to 25. That is where you can start voting. Again, this would require a um, repeal of a current amendment and an implementation of a new amendment. Uh, you raise the standard voting age to 25 while still allowing all Americans to vote at 18 if they meet a national service requirement, either six months in the military or a first responder role. And again, uh, mandated military experience is actually fairly common across the world. We don't do it here. Or you can either serve six months in the military or first responder, or you can pass the same civics test that we give to folks who are trying to become citizens. Voting will remain open to citizens starting from the age of 18 who are U.S. citizens and have demonstrated civic information in at least one of several ways. Direct service to the country or by military or first responder, pass a civic test identical to the U.S. citizenship exam, and reach the age of 25. Now, I would argue that the chances of there being a president, Vivek Ramaswamy, are very slim right now, simply because, I don't know if you've heard, but Donald Trump leads the polling, and Vivek is trailing by a bit. So what this is is a test, it's a test balloon. Vivek is very similar to, remember in 2020 when Andrew Yang ran for president? Sort of the guy who, on the Democratic side, was introducing new cutting-edge ideas that needed to be a part of the Democratic Party and Democratic platform. I believe in the same way Vivek is introducing ideas that maybe we aren't talking about at a national, broad level and bringing them to the floor. And obviously, these are probably going to be things he's going to want to touch on during the debates, uh, starting with the one I believe that's coming up in August. So what he's doing is trying to introduce ideas. And I don't know whether I agree with this totally or not. I, you know, I, I, I think that... The voting age being 18, if you're old enough to serve in the military, you're old enough to vote. That's always been the deal. Uh, we don't have a draft anymore, uh, at least right now. It'll be interesting to see what traction this gains, if any, during the campaign cycle. Uh, again, uh, Vivek, for, to his credit, is coming out with some with some bold initiatives and bold ideas, and it certainly drives the conversation. I mean, heck, we're talking about it right now. So there is, there is a certainly an audience for this, I'm just not sure how far it will go, if at all, when it comes to the actual race for president. So, Title 42 has ended, by the way. We're seeing immigrants pouring in across the southern border. And with Title 42 expiring, this letter from the governor yesterday, uh, He is asking that Chief Keel of the State Law Enforcement Division, or SLED, uh, contact the chief law enforcement official for each of our state's commercial airports and direct them to immediately report any effort to deplane or transport illegal immigrants at their facilities along with information identifying the names and vehicle information of those involved in facilitating said transport. The governor is enlisting SLED to begin tackling the issue of, and what we know will be happening Immigrants pouring across the border. Joe Biden's answer is not to, I don't know, stop it. His answer is to take them, put them on planes, and drop them in every every city in America and say, good luck. So the governor is working to address that in the state of South Carolina. Plenty to get to. We got to as much of it as we could. I would continue to urge you to keep up with what's happening in Israel. Overnight last night for us, middle of the day for them. Uh, there were continued rocket launches from Gaza, from the West Bank, from these Islamic terrorists. 
that are trying to dismantle and barrage the um, defense system that Israel has, the Iron Dome. In doing so, they are now launching rockets into Jerusalem. Into Jerusalem. And now, if you've never been to Israel, it might be a bit confusing. Israel has three separate zones. One zone is Israeli-controlled. One zone, Zone B, is Palestinian-ish control, but with Israeli security and presence. Zone C is completely Palestinian-controlled. That includes Gaza Strip, West Bank. It's all one country, people, right? I mean, it's all Israel, but it's being launched across the border, and they're firing rockets into Jerusalem. And, and if you go and look at the footage, it's pretty amazing what we're seeing in the skies of Israel right now. Having just been there not too long ago, just a couple months, I couldn't imagine being there and seeing rockets in the sky and, and missiles flying through the air. Um, it's, it's distressing. And so we need to continue to pray for Israel, pray for their safety, pray for their peace, pray that uh, things get settled. Now, they're able to reach a ceasefire. They have not. Uh, ceasefire talks fell apart as soon as these uh, terrorist groups started bombing Jerusalem, as they should have. I mean, just once you start bombing the capital city, or the, the pseudo-capital city, obviously Tel Aviv is the capital of Israel, um, but once you start bombing the centerpiece, the, the center city of three world religions, um, it can become, it can pose... Uh, quite a bit of problems. That's all the time we have on the show today. Remember, Tuesday, May 16th at noon, the House and the Senate will return for a special session that has been called by Governor McMaster to address a litany of issues, including Senate Bill 474, which is the Harvey Bill that the House will be debating on Tuesday beginning at noon. It will be a long day of debate. Make sure you are following along with us. Make sure, please, 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 I cannot encourage you enough to subscribe to our email newsletter list. Make sure you're getting our updates there. Make sure you've downloaded the Palmetto Family Council app. We'll be sending out push notifications that day to let you know what's going on and to keep you updated with everything that's happening inside the House chamber. And, of course, follow along on our show here. Make sure you give us that five-star rating or review. Uh, share this podcast, uh, if you're listening, audio version with your friends and with your family on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get those. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching, make sure to share this video with your friends and family. Let them know what's going on both in the state and across the country as we continue to bring you the news from a conservative Christian worldview. That's the most important view that we can have as Christians, as a Christian worldview, and one that seeks to establish our views of what's going on from a biblical perspective. Riding solo on a Friday, but that's okay. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for making the Palmetto Family Matters show a part of your day, and we look forward to talking with you next week.